And welcome to a jam-packed edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Double duty is well and truly in full swing. It's James Scott and Adam here with you on this sticky Wednesday evening. I think it's the appropriate terminology for it. Scott, how are you? I'm good. Who needs free time, James? Definitely. Looking uh, very Canterbury Crusaders-esque in that shirt, by the way. Uh, Who are they? Yeah, anyway. Adam, how are you? You know who the Crusaders are. Uh, I do, and uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, doing well. All right. So the only Crusaders I know are from Mackay, and they had a good win at the weekend. And they're the Magpies Crusaders United. We will get into the first round of the National Premier League season. Well, it was a fairly eventful uh, weekend of matches. And before we do that, we've got a little bit of Brisbane Raw action to recap. This is the Brisbane Football Review. James Scott and Adam here. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, we're three guys with far too much time on our hands until football season starts, and then we spend pretty much all of our time watching said football. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Facebook, The Raw Review. We're still working on changing that to Brisbane Football Review. Twitter, at BNE Football. On those social accounts, you can find live coverage of every uh, Brisbane Raw senior match, plus selected National Premier League's matches as well. And you can listen to the podcast on Wooshka, iTunes, Spotify, a whole bunch of good podcast platforms, including the A-League Live app as well. Now, before we get into the podcast proper... I actually had a bit of an idea this week, just maybe a little bit of a mid-season review of what we're doing here as well. I'm going to put out a call for listener feedback. We obviously, you know, feel like we're doing a good job, and I will continue to tell everyone that, as anyone who is willing to listen. But if you are a long-term listener of the show, feel free to send us an email, send us a Facebook message, a Twitter direct message, and just say, you know, things you're enjoying about the show, things you wouldn't mind seeing covered a little bit more, a little bit more. Uh, feedback and also yeah if there's any segments that we're no longer doing that you want brought back or things that we're doing now that you want us to axe you know I don't care if it is Scott we will happily drop him from the show As... I can I can I can see it's becoming a mean tweets bloody <laughs> program next week yeah I can see yeah I can see about five accounts just sending through non-stop uh, heckling by the way hello to Vince Rigari, who I'm sure is listening and preparing all sorts of stuff as he Tends to do for pretty much everybody. Hey, Vince. Yeah, I'm just making my yeah. burner account on Twitter to send through some critiquing of the host, actually. So, Well, that's good to know. Anyway, yes, send through uh, feedback. We always like to find out how we're doing because, well, let's be honest. If no one's listening, then we're just three nutjobs who feel like we're much more important than we really are. Right, Adam? Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's get into the show proper. We've got quite a lot to cover, and we will start off with the A-League action from Saturday afternoon up at Dolphin Stadium in Adam's part of the world, which is actually no longer Dolphin Stadium, Morton Daly Stadium. I just saw Adam about to perk up on the Skype call and say, hey, you got that wrong, idiot. As you say, yeah, commercial rights. (laughs) My my rate pay dollars go to that. (laughs) So, it was... Another match without a victory for the Raw. They drew with Sydney FC 1-1. Goals from Dylan Wenzel Halls and Bebeau left meant the sides left the stadium with just a point each. And look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. 
I'm genuinely concerned about how the Raw are playing now. They looked so good a month or so ago, and now they just don't seem to have the answers. So, Scott, yes. what's going on? What happened on Saturday? Well, what happened on Saturday is they started really well, didn't they? That first 15, 20 minutes, they flew out of the blocks and created a lot of really good opportunities. I do think, well, the goal itself that the Raw did score was an absolute gift from Andrew Redmayne. When they did go up by a goal to nil, I think it was very much deserved, given the way the game was going. And then they just, they kept pushing forward, but they just did not get that second goal. And the longer it went on, when they didn't get the second goal, you could you just knew Sydney were going to have one or two moments. They had a good moment in the first half, which they probably should have taken with Barbarous or something it was. And they had the goal they got in the second half, but they didn't create a great deal. And Brisbane just didn't put them away. They had the chances to do it. And once again, they didn't quite get over the line in terms of taking their opportunities. And, that's the real concern, isn't it, James? They're playing well. They're just not taking their chances. Yeah, it's more of a case of, uh, yeah, it's becoming a broken record now. If the Raw take their chances, you know, they, 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 like I said, they're, they're winning games. And it's, that's what it comes down to. They um, And it, it's like I said, the first, like I said, I agree with Scott, um, that, you know, that first goal was an absolute gift. And I think that may have, may have changed sort of the way, you know, the game, the game went. But... That's the part. You always felt that Sydney were going to find a way back, and it took it. You know, a very, very well taken goal, um, a great cross, and you know, from from Joel King to find Babo to reopen his accounts. Uh, you know, since his return, but uh, you sort of had the feeling that was coming. But also, as well to that part, you know, you can't go past you know Jamie Young's performance. That you know, he had another you know what for for a good seventy minutes thought was a pretty much you know the the human wall. Yeah, and that's the point I kind of wanted to lead into as well. For all the criticism about the Raw not taking the chances that they've... I feel like their chance creation has improved in the last couple of weeks, but they are still missing that cutting edge. But at the other end, are the Raw too relying on Jamie Young? Like, it's a feeling I've been going back and forth on basically for the last four years now where it feels like far too often they've been relying on Jamie Young to be Superman. However... When you've got the resume of, that Jamie Young has, is it okay to feel like Superman is going to come to your rescue? Well, he has for so many times, hasn't he? Think about all the great saves he's made over the years, including the penalty shootout against the Wanderers back in the day in the semi-final at Suncorp. So he's made so many great saves. He's, he's won the Raw so many points. I think it was three years in a row, or three out of four, he's won the won the Player of the Year award for the Raw. So we know he's an unbelievable player, and he, you can kind of see why you would fall back on it to a degree, but I just think that just it's slight defensive lapses. It's not not poor defending, it's just a slightly switching off at one key moment, and he can't save everything. Unfortunately, we know he's great. He's probably the best goalkeeper in the A League, and if the if the soccer is going to pick someone out the A League to go to the World Cup qualifiers, he should probably be the one. He's in the best form, but he can't save everything, James. You- he's human. He, Adam called him the human wall. Well, being the human wall means he is human. He can't save everything <laughs> as great as he is. So Yeah, and he really does try. The the, he does try, but it comes down at the other end. You have got might have to score more than one goal in a game. And that's, that's, a, that's the issue. It is, and that's probably where I keep landing on after countless hours of overthinking exactly what's going on. And I know I'm holding the Raw to a far too high of a standard based on their demolition jobs of what was a dysfunctional Adelaide and an absolute shambles of a Melbourne victory side. But having seen just how good they can be, just how ruthless, 
if they turn it on, even for 15, 20 minutes at a time, I've, I'm just feeling so massively disappointed in just how... I don't want to say blunt. I don't want to say... Because I haven't been bad. I, like, it's all, basically a first world problem. But you know how good they can be if it clicks. Exactly. That's, that's the thing. It's, they, could be, they could be right at the top of it all clicked, just not clicking. And defensively as well. They've really... Uh, I feel, you know, shored up quite well over the last few weeks as well. I think, aside from Perth, they haven't conceded more than one goal in a game since that victory game as well. I will need someone to double-check that stat. Oh, no, mate, MacArthur 2-0, I apologise. But uh, overall, yeah, I just... The elements are there. It just feels like... Yeah, I don't know. It's like a car that just hasn't quite got the right gearbox or something. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I think it comes back to, you know... The over-reliance on defence to do the job when they go 1-0 up because, um, because yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, you can have a great keeper like Jamie Young, but if you're not putting scoreboard pressure on the other end, it's always one one moment away from the game either being, you know, either being lost or, you know, the, that, you know, the, the opposition equalised. And that's, and that's what we saw again, that, you know, basically, you almost you had that feeling from from about half time onwards, you're thinking, okay, when is Sydney going to come back into this? And despite you know two, I'd almost say world class saves from Jamie Young, eventually it just took one play to unlock it. And again, it's not it's not a case of defensive laps because I don't think it's I don't think many def- A League defenses or keepers could have stopped that play that that Sydney scored off. But it's a case of if that if it's two three nil up, then you know what when. There's, there's no worry. There's no. Is there's, there's no panic. You, know, you just say, you know, great goal, Sydney. And you move on. But uh, the fact is, is that it seems like that even though the raw when they hit the front, the opposition always seems to be still in the game, and it's just that one moment that could change it. And that, I think that's pretty much summarised the last month. You know, for, for the raw, and you know, they, even though they're not losing every game, um, not winning after a while, it becomes a habit, unfortunately. And you know, it's five games in the um, without a win now. And quickly, James, the reality of this league is pretty much every team can score goals in any game. That's not the issue. All t- 1 through 12, they can, everyone can score goals. It's it's just, can you keep them out at the other end? The teams down the bottom, certain team in Melbourne in particular, they can't keep them out. That's why they're at the bottom. But the, the good teams in the A-League can keep them out and score. The Raw have got the defence right. I said it last week, it's absolutely perfect the way the defence is going. They need to score more. That's It's a good problem to have if you're a coach in terms of You'd rather try and fix the attack than the defence, but at some point it's got to be. You're just going to have to. I don't know what you can do because he's Warren's tried a few different combinations in the front third. Tried the four-three-three, the three-five-two, and I don't know what the answer is. I thought Joey Champs was really good when he came on. He added a bit of spark and a bit of energy, but I don't know how he gets into that side if you to change it because Riku's creativity is really important, and I think you've got to have Dylan Wenzel Halls for his energy. And I think eventually Kudo and McDonald are going to start in the other front third position. So I'm not sure where Joey Chapman fits in as a starting player at the moment, but his energy at the weekend, there was certainly real value in that. I was just going to say, it just shows the value of Scott McDonald. I think that that's probably the missing link to the puzzle at the moment is, while you know, Scott McDonald may not be scoring goals, he, he is creating... He's creating your opportunities. He's drawing defences away to take the pressure off the likes of Dylan Wenzel Halls and Riku Danzaki. And I think that's where they're probably, probably missing more than I think we actually sort of give it credit for. That being said, though, I do... Like, the, these problems scoring didn't start when McDonald went out with that hamstring injury, though. They 
definitely they preceded that as well, and they were struggling with him in the lineup. Maybe it was just a case of you know the guy in his mid to late thirties. I, you know, don't want to give him any more years than he he may warrant. But I do feel like McDonald, like these, these McDonald is maybe a little bit too much of a convenient excuse for me. I I think over this is a team wide issue, and yeah, it's they something had quality up front as well. Anyway, even without McDonald there. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You've heard our thoughts on the match. Let's hear from the coach, Warren Moon, in the post-game presser. Uh, firstly, um, I thought that performance was good. I have to say, I thought our performance was good. First half, we controlled large parts. <clears throat> you know, didn't really create the clear-cut chances, but I think that was more down to last pass, you know, poor decision in the final third, but we got into some great areas. And we still created chances and scored the goal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it wasn't quite there for us in the first half whilst the performance was. So pleased about that, pleased about the way we uh, responded in the second half after we conceded. And, and, yeah, like you said, it could have gone either way at that point. All right, that was Warren Moon after that 1-1 draw with Sydney FC. And there's a question I want to ask you too as well. And do you feel like Moon and the Roar in general know what you said about every team being able to score, Scott. And do you feel like maybe that's why they're still putting themselves under a little bit too much pressure to try and go all out attack and score that other goal? Because you're still seeing Corey Brown and Jack Hingard, who are nominally fullbacks, or let's call them what they are, wide midfielders, uh, in this current setup. They're still pushing a mile forward, and you are putting a lot of pressure on a back three that... You've got you've got the experienced guys of Aldred and Gillespie. You've got Kai Truen, who has shown flashes of excellence in his time in the starting side. But are you asking too much of the back three? Perhaps. They are quick, though, so they can cover the spaces if they are hit in transition. And Gillespie and Truen, they can certainly play in the wide fullback roles if you really had to. If you're going to play a defensive back four, you could play Truen and Gillespie as fullback. So they're comfortable moving into the wide area. So I don't think that's the issue. Perhaps it is in a slight sense they are a little bit open, but both fullbacks aren't bombing forward at the same time, James. If one, if Corey Brown goes, Jack Hingard is sitting in a little bit deeper. Or a midfielder will drop in a little bit to cover a bit of space. So I, I think they're covered. It's just... It just seems like it's just the one moment. It was that They switched off for five seconds against Sydney in that moment when Bobo scored. That's pretty much what it was to me. It wasn't defensive shape. I think the shape is fine. It just switched off. And I will say as well, you guys mentioned it as well, that was just an inch-perfect cross from King. And to be totally honest, I don't even blame... Was it Gillespie who was marking Bobo for yeah. that? That was one of those passes you just sit there and go, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? Because I think Gillespie would have needed to have been another foot taller or something to try and have a chance at that one. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. But um, I think sort of also as well that, you know, well, it's, it's disappointing away, and it's, it's good that it is disappointing because I, I could have thought you know, maybe a year, a season ago, maybe two seasons ago, people actually would have been celebrating oh that we got one all draw against Sydney. So the fact is that, that there's sort of disappointment rather than oh relief that you know they didn't get belted for four, you know four or five against you know Sydney FC team. I actually think it's a positive, but sort of as far as yeah overall, yeah the. The, 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 the chance creation is good. It's just, yeah, it's just not coming off. And you just sort of start thinking, yeah, it's going to come eventually. It's going to come eventually. But you'd hope it's coming soon. But, um, yeah, it's just there's not much you can say about that 
try and defend that that uh, Sydney equaliser. I just thought, you know, it was just brilliant play, and it's pretty much why Sydney are, you know, where they are as far as, you know, and they have been for a number of seasons. And I do, and look, I do want to try and end this feeling somewhat positive about the rules chances going forward. I thought they closed the game unbelievably well, yeah. and they did respond to uh, conceding that goal, bringing scores back level. I thought they handled it really well. And the changes that we saw being made in the second half, we saw Masato Kudo coming on. You've spoken about Joey Champness already. There were subs that were designed to go out and win the game. It wasn't about shoring anything up. Yeah. And overall, this was probably the first chance we've really had to see Kudo for an extended run, Scott. What, yeah. what did you make of him? Well, I do think it was almost a pre-programmed change. It was basically on the hour mark. Golgo Mabratu was running out of legs. And it was pretty clear that was a pre-programmed change. Although he was good. He had a couple of really good touches there. A little couple of flick passes which um, linked up the play quite well. You can see that as those combinations build in the front that he's going to be quite dangerous. He had a couple of opportunities in, the, in there as well. He had, could have scored. But I thought for a first up 30 minutes in the A-League, because we'd only really seen him two or three minutes here, five minutes there type of thing until now. It was a pretty good first up hit out of 30 minutes. And I wouldn't mind... the. I'd like to see a bit more of him as well. I don't think he was is quite there yet in terms of starting games, but he's clearly progressing, and I think it was a good first, good first extended hit out for him. Yeah, look, the, the thing is as well, yeah, that you know, he, when he did come on, he actually you could tell that he is a high quality player, or at least you know has been a high quality player. Just some of the touches, some of the sort of the passes and intricacies. And whatnot. You can see that it's there. It's just, yeah, he's just not up to game speed just yet where you want him. But look, then again, you know, if, if that final, the play in injury time where it was, I think it was Danzaki who hit who hit the woodwork in stoppage time, if that goes in, then, you know, like I said, a lot of what we have just said almost becomes irrelevant because like I said we're, it's celebrating it, three points. It so will have been a very again, different it's 20 minutes. A game of inches where it must be frustrating. It must be very frustrating because. It's, it's close, it's just not there, and a few moments either way, and the narrative is completely different. So, yeah, it's a, it's an earned point, but they've got to, they've got to start turning those um, points into three points. Definitely. All right, we've got one more uh, post-match press conference clip from Warren Moon. Let's hear what he had to say about Masato Kudo. Look, he's a player that we wanted to give every opportunity to show, to put his best foot forward. It's uh, <clears throat> we brought him in. We knew he was underdone, and uh, you know, no different to Bobo for Sydney, who uh, they've obviously managed as well. Um, but he got 30 minutes tonight, and I thought he looked promising. So, um, yeah, let's see how he goes. He's progressing well. All right, thanks to uh, the raw for that audio. And uh, Scott, you got one more point to make, and then we really should move on. Yeah, well, it was actually good to see some away fans in the stadium in pretty big numbers on Saturday afternoon as well. I mean, it was obviously, we don't like Sydney very much, to be honest, but it was good to see a healthy contingent of, of the Sky Blue fans in that corner. I'm sure the Den enjoyed throwing some verbal barbs in their direction over the course of the 90 minutes, but we haven't seen many away fans up here in Queensland for a while due to everything that's happened over the last... I think it has actually almost been about 12 months since everything fell apart for the for the whole world, but... It was great to see the away fans turn up on Sunday, and I think Mr. Mayor should be thanking him for their patronage in his in his region. <laughs> yeah, the away f- it was good seeing the away yes. fans. We did have a few uh, victory ones, and um, whoever made the decision to put them in the direct sunlight for these four o'clock kickoffs, 
I'm all for it. <laughs> I think Perth actually had a fair few fans in one of the late games in the back of the year before the lockdown, but that was it was great to see some, a healthy contingent of away fans for a change up at Morton Daly Stadium. Hopefully, it's, it continues. Yeah, and I will say one thing quickly on the away fans before we move on um, to the three two ones. And then, uh, yeah, I just remember at Suncorp Stadium, for quite a long time, the away fans were situated right behind the goal at the opposite end of the pitch to the den. And the Socceroos hosted, yeah. I want to say, Qatar in 2008. And on the um, suggestion of Pim Verbeek, they moved them to the uh, other to one of the side corners of Suncorp Stadium because, in Verbeek's mind, he said, let's not give the... Uh, away fans any extra help because you know there are always so many away fans at these Asian World Cup qualifiers and uh, yeah the rule followed suit on that and pretty much that's been the case for the last as long as I can remember now sticking them off in a corner so yeah it'd be the the closest that um, away fans have probably been to the den in a very very long time Um, it's a fight strange they're 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 literally a stone throws away from each other so don't be giving people ideas (laughs) <laughs> yeah, actually, but then I'm just I'll, I'll, I'll just add one sort of addendum point to that is um the crowd number eight five eight thousand five hundred and twenty three I do believe um and like I said we did see we did see and hear some feedback about um about whether that that was a real crowd figure or anything like that oh look I just don't get I just don't get what this fascination is about you know people trying saying oh when a crowd a crowd tense figure is released and people don't believe it or anything like that I just don't understand why people get so caught up and so you know up in arms about whether it's fine yeah who cares I can tell you who cares if there was 10 people there like it it really is not an issue if there were 10 people there it would be an NPL match (laughs) at a certain uh, state in the bottom corner of the country (laughs) a lot of good talent down in that certain league you're referring to not all oh, of it from mm. that part of the world either. Oh yeah, I I, I love going and seeing the uh, development factory for the the homegrown talent development factory that we've got here in the Sunshine State. You wouldn't be talking about that team that plays out of uh, Lakeside Stadium called South Brisbane, would you? I'm to- I'm talking about half the clubs down there. <laughs> oh yeah, actually yeah. Um, w- um, That's another good shot at, at that competition down there. Yep, um, I will. What's the response to that? I will. Oh, I'm sure there'll be plenty. Um, I, one of these days, Scott, if we do need filler, we are going to go through your list of "quote unquote" homegrown products that have uh, crossed a couple of borders. Oh, to well, get de- that'll be a three-hour show just reading through the list of them. Well, I'll tell you what. Without even discussing who, uh, anything about them. Uh, if we have to, if we have to deal with another performance like what we saw from the Raw in the W League, we may just do that instead. Because, <laughs> to be honest, fair enough. That that was honestly atrocious on uh, Sunday. The Raw uh, lost to Canberra 4-1, despite what Scott has put in the run sheet of a 4-1 victory. Uh, I, I know, I think we all assumed that the Raw would win this 4-1, but that was honestly the worst performance I've seen from the W League side in quite a long time. And I know, you know, you've got to be all positive and sunshine and whatever about the W League side, but when they've turned in a performance like that, especially for what should have been a milestone celebration for one of these stalwarts of the team. That was embarrassing. I, I honest to God have to say they should be so glad that the W league fan base is infinitely more patient and understanding than the a league one, because they would have been getting ripped to shreds after that. Scott. I agree with everything you just said, but I'll also add in that the weekend was set up perfectly for them. 
Adelaide had knocked off Sydney on the Saturday night, so they could have closed the gap right up on Sydney FC in the race of the Premiership. Well, you can forget that now because that's gone. Any chance they had of winning the Premiership is gone. If they had won that game in Canberra, they could have taken the lead this weekend against Adelaide because Sydney have got the bye, and you could have put some serious pressure on them over the last couple of weeks. We can forget that now because it was a very disappointing performance across the board. It just And it was from minute one as well, James. It was You could tell right from the start something was not quite right about the side and that was Canberra scored quite early and they had a second and a third and the game was essentially over at that point. I know Emily Gionic got one back right before halftime. You can think, well, maybe if they get a rocket at halftime and they come out stronger and put in a performance in the second half, maybe, but it just never, ever eventuated and it was a pretty flat performance across the board in what should have been a celebratory milestone game. Adam? Yeah, look, I think it go, I'll go one step further from what Scott was saying, that not only is the Premiership gone, but also as well, it now puts pressure on them to keep a home final. Uh, seven, seven days ago, we were, saying, we were almost sort of thinking, wow, home finals are certain, and maybe even, you know, having home field all the way through um, might have been a possibility, you know, given Sydney's sort of form sort of has fallen away after, after they had a, you know, a perfect start. And you worry now that, you know, going into the game on Friday night, which we'll preview later, um, Adelaide United could come up here, and if they get the points, all of a sudden, they could be third or even fourth. So I think finals... Finals football is probably, you know, is there or very, very close to it. But as far as, you know, that home final goes, um, it's in real danger you now. Or at least there's going to be pressure for a response this Friday night. Yeah, and look, I, I do think and hope hope and think, whatever the order you want to put that in, they absolutely, like, should be primed for a response. Obviously, you're going to get to Lions Stadium Friday night. And you would hope that they basically just had a week where they've Again, also probably showing why I'm not a professional coach, but I would happily like I would happily like say, all right, you want to? I'm only going to make you sit through this game once, but let's just remember what can happen if you're not switched on for a match. Um, two thing, two things I kind of put that down to as well, just the complete and utter flat showing. Firstly, I think the bye week really did not help. There, they'd built up such good momentum, and basically. Yeah, not playing for a week and having, I suppose, a bit of a chance to refresh and reset, which I do think was needed, but it just wasn't managed correctly. And then uh, the news coming out that Jake Goodship would remain in Brisbane for a family matter. I believe he's got a child on the way. So congratulations to him on that, which meant that Kelly Crew, um, the assistant coach, who is also the Palabar defender as well from memory, um, yeah, she took the reins for her first game in charge, and well, it probably wasn't a memorable managerial debut for her, was it, Adam? Yeah, look, and I'd like to think that you know, not having Jake Goodchip on the sideline was the reason why it was just such a a poor performance. So let's, let's put it like like that. I think you know, I can't really go on much more of what you know how you guys described. It. Other than that, it was a poor performance. Um, yeah, and you'd hope that you because know, that 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 raises more questions and answers about if Jake's not on the sidelines and all of a sudden they're putting in performances like that, I'd like to think that maybe Canberra were really up for it and they just absolutely ambushed them and they had absolutely no um, no response to it until it was probably too late. But, um, but yeah, look, that's, that is a real concern if 
if they if they need Jake Goodship on side and they hold their hand and make sure they're bringing a good performance every week, that that's a real problem. But look, I, I'm I'm an optimist. So I'd say you know what, it's one of those days. Look, and yeah, I'd even I'd even try and find a bit little bit of a square, you know, as far as positivity is that even at three one, um, if a couple of those chances go in and even that, you know, they they take the chances. I know, you know, Merrill Heck had a great chance that she probably could have and should have tapped in. Um, then we made three two. Uh, Isabel Dalton hit the crossbar um, also early in the second half, and then and Kendall Fletcher's you know goal line clearance. All of a sudden that game may have been you know you know three all before that long range goal um, from Bianca Galic, which was pretty much that that put the that put it to the end when they went 4-1. And unfortunately for Morgan Aquino, being beaten twice from long range, um, yeah, it's, it's not good. Especially especially the fourth one. That that one, I was just she completely misread it. I will say one thing as well. Like, I know how, I suppose, superstitious and just routine-driven a lot of athletes can be. And look, I, I would not be surprised if a couple of them just got it into such a good routine with... Uh, good ship being there and look I'm I'm never going to blame a coach a player for saying I'm going to go be with my family considering other circumstances um I yeah so I'm not going to blame Jake for that but I do wonder with that so if there's any chance of maybe superstition just coming through there and having a routine disrupted I actually think Adam hit the nail on the head when he said it was an ambush from Canberra it's a game that Canberra frankly had to win to keep their finals hopes alive now, even with that win they are still two points behind Melbourne victory sitting in fifth place so if they did not get the three points in a home game there which I think they said we have to win this game we've got to make a statement here to keep our final hopes alive so I think it was a bit of an ambush I think maybe the Raw weren't quite right with their preparation given the changes to it but they're professional footballers and I'm sure they went down there with the intention to play well and to win so I don't think it had too much of an impact in that I just think they were just a few degrees off on the day and when you, when that happens in this league that you get punished Yep, and also as well, I just want to just clarify as well is that yeah, absolutely, Jake Goodchip made the right decision not to travel a team. You know, sometimes, you know, we get all get caught up in football, but you know, obviously having a young family and birth of the child of, of your first child, that's obviously going to take precedence. So don't don't get me wrong about what I was saying. Oh that, yeah, you know, particularly yeah, that, you in know, this that, climate where you never know when a board yeah. is going to slam shut. So yeah, you don't want to take absolutely, any risks. Absolutely, that's. And that's not what I'll sort of maybe yeah, if yeah, wants to try and intimate. There was there's no question he made the right decision. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I I'm a big believer that uh, it's a com- it's completely up to you and uh, Adam as a uh, married band as well as I am. I'm fairly certain yeah. that uh, if or when that time ever comes, it's probably going to be a question. Not going to be a question of what we want. It's going to be a question of what our partners want. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, and that's it- what you signed up for. Uh-huh. Yep. And Adam, say it with me. Yes, dear, whatever you want. <laughs> You're in charge. I'm just yeah. I'm just here for the entertainment. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so yeah, well we will end on that uh first of two positive notes. Congratulations, Jake Goodship, for the uh addition to the family and also to Claire Polkinghorn for hundred and fifty W League appearances for the Brisbane Raw. I don't know how many appearances she's made for Brisbane Strikers, but that doesn't count in her raw appearances anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, let's let's just hope one fifty one is a lot better. Yes, and we will get onto that in a second. But before we do that, three two ones, uh, Scott, your W League three two ones. Good because luck. I gave th- <laughs> it wasn't. It was a very, very slim pick. I gave three to Emily Gilnick for scoring the goal and sending a lead in the Golden Boot. 
two for Isabel Dalton and one for the milestone milestone player Claire Polkinghorne. Call it what it is. Like, it was it was quite point. difficult to pick three because obviously they were all quite flat, but there's three, two, one. Yep, and uh, I also have to do my A League three, two, ones. Uh, three points was Jamie Young, two points Corey Brown, and one point Joey Champness. Okay. Um, before we uh, finish up with the W League, let's quickly talk about Friday night down at Lions Stadium at Richlands. I believe this will be my first trip there this season as well, and is second W League match at Lions Stadium. I missed the first one because I was down at Broadbeach. But the Royal playing Adelaide United, played 18, won 12, lost 4, drawn 2. Emily Gilnick, top scorer in this fixture, excuse me, in this fixture with 9. Adam, what are we expecting Friday night? I hope it's a bounce back, but this is also a fixture that you know is very very dangerous. Um, uh, Adelaide United have momentum. They they like so they just beat beat Sydney FC very very comfortably, and they and they've now all of a sudden not only have they achieved finals football, which is the first time in a very long time, if not ever. I'm not not too sure how long it's first been, ever. but first ever, and but also as well now they they are still mathematically in. The premiership race, and they they will go, come into they'll come into Richlands with absolute momentum, and um, the Raw needs to be careful. But uh, also as well, you'd hope that there's a bounce back because yeah, the um, as as we were just saying, the, uh, the the loss against Canberra was almost too bad to be seen to be believed. Scott, oh, I'm expecting a bounce back in this game. Simple as that. There has to be a far better performance. I'm sure there will be. There might be a couple of changes to the side as well, but I expect a massive bounce back. As for Adelaide. I wonder if they'll have a little bit of a letdown here, James, because they did just beat the the league leaders at home, a standalone match with a big crowd, securing finals, and they farewelled their captain who's moving mm. overseas. So I just wonder if all that massive positive energy, there's a little bit of a letdown this week on their end. I, yeah, I, but with the Raw, I expect a massive bounce back. I expect them to perform back at the level we know and expect that they're capable of. And if they do that, they should... they. They'll be in any game in this league. And, 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 yeah, losing and, Dylan Holmes. Like that, I expect them to win. Adam? Yeah, sorry. I was just saying, losing Dylan Holmes is a massive loss for them. So, like I said, they still got, they've still got quality players, but she was the heart and soul in, of this team so far this season. And, yeah, her moving her moving to Sweden is, you know, is, it's is great for, for a great season for her. Um, but, yeah, whether... Where's the timing we right for Adelaide? That, that remains to be seen. But look, I think this is going to be a very, very good game, and all this, and this is a game that you know has added importance more than what it would have been maybe two or three weeks ago when the uh, fixture list came out. Definitely, it's one to certainly get out and enjoy this Friday night. It's an 8 p.m. kickoff Lion Stadium at Richlands. I know the Raw Corps are planning something special for uh, Polk's 150th plus one, and uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun to see as well. I'm actually also curious to find out if uh, Goodship is going to be on the sidelines as well because I would assume if he's got a new baby at home, he could possibly be on some form of paternity leave as well. So Kelly Crew could have a chance to bounce back as well and even out her managerial record as well. So one other thing to keep an eye on in the build-up for uh, Friday night's game. I don't know why I was about to say Saturday. But yeah, certainly a lot to take in ahead of Friday evening. Now, let's move on. We're going to do our NPL recap a little bit differently uh, this season for that. Before because we do, can I have a 30-second rant about the A-League? Uh, bit up against it for 
time, Scott. So I uh, will do it after the NPL. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, NPL round one. We've got. Uh, yeah, we'll do it quickly. What was your big takeaway from the round? Because above all else, uh, we do have our NPL Sunday show, which is back coincidentally Sunday evenings, featuring Scott and Adam as they take you through in detail all the happenings of the weekend just gone by. Adam, I'll let you go first, because you're alphabetized. Oh, very good. Um, I knew I being named Adam was an advantage. <laughs> it's um, a look, curse, my, my takeaway my takeaway from round one is the the pre season hype as far as potential power being favourites I think has been justified. Uh but their first half over Logan in the Football Foundation Cup uh, season open on Friday night was pretty much, I think, if, if that's what we're going to expect this season, they are, you know, well and truly going to be favoured as uh, favourites for this season. Yep. Um, for me, the big uh, takeaway from the weekend was getting to see Magpies Crusaders back in action, coming away with all three points from their first trip down to Brisbane, a 1-0 win over Brisbane Strikers. Congratulations and welcome back to the competition, Magpies Crusaders. And a great win as well, to your point. Mine's goal, I'll go with Gold Coast United. There's been a lot of hype and expectation about what Gold Coast United will be this year under new coach Gray Piddick. And they lost to Olympic 1-0, but they were right in this game up to their necks. It was a really tight, tense, tense contest decided by one moment of magic, and it could have gone their way. It went Olympic's way on the day, but they look like they're going to be a, a strong force this year in the competition. They're a physical team, but there's nothing wrong with playing to your strengths like that, but I think they're going to be a much improved team this year. Definitely. It is great to have the National Premier Leagues back, and you can catch every match live on NPL TV, including uh, some matches with a familiar voice in commentary as well. So, And then you can hear all about it on the NPL Sunday show, which will be out late Sunday night slash Monday morning. Yes, whenever uh, we get around to uploading it. Now, Scott. Yes. I'm actually going to time you. You've got... 30 seconds oh, to good. give your rant on the A-League. All right. Three, two, one, go. First of all, the A-League's fantastic. It's got one fundamental flaw, and that's the VAR. Think about that game, Western United versus Western Sydney, James. We've all seen it. It's a penalty. It's a penalty on Bessar Borussia. I cannot... If it, if the, look, first of all, the referee should have given it because he could have seen it, number one. Number two, the VAR didn't even look at it and didn't overturn it. So if, if it's meant to be here trying to fix the problems of, of football in terms of clearing things up, alleviating controversy, it's not doing it. So if it's not doing its job, get rid of it. We don't need it. Okay, that is 30 seconds there, Scott. You, I'm cutting you off because... I'm fine, I'm finished. <laughs> and so should the VARB, by the way. Get it out of here. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to echo that and say it hasn't solved the problem it was brought in to fix. Would it... you agree that's a penalty, though? Come on. Look at it. It's a penalty. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the reason why we're, we waited a little bit to record this evening is also because the FFA Cup uh, preliminary round four draw was made this evening at Football Queensland headquarters by Simon Smale. Um, and we've got all the round four fixtures uh, with the NPL and I believe FQPL one sides entering the competition. There are no more buys. I really hope I'm correct in saying that. Good. Uh, Scott's giving me the uh, thumbs up. So I'm going to just go around the room quickly and we'll do a little bit of a draft of which ties are you most looking forward to. Scott, I'll let yes. Adam go first beforehand so you can go first <laughs> this time. Okay, well, again, self-interest, if in doubt, go with that. So I'm very intrigued by the Acacia Ridge tie, my old club against 
against Malkovat. We're coming for you. Just, just, just you wait. But there's quite a few good ties in there, isn't there? You look at yeah. Just pick one, Scott. Some, well, Listen I'll to stick the... with that one. Do you want a more serious one or not? Uh, yeah, I'll go for the more serious one. Okay. The more serious one that I'm interested to see what happens is uh, Ripley Valley versus the Brisbane Strikers. We've seen Ripley Valley moving up the football Brisbane ranks over the last couple of years. It's a really great test from against a, an NPL side here. So And it's at home. A p- pretty big trek out there for the Brisbane Strikers. I think that could be... There's a bit of upset potential in that one, I think, James. Okay, over to you, Adam. Yeah, uh, just, look at this, just look at this draw. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think Simon Smile might be off my Christmas card list. <laughs> <laughs> Olympic versus Morton Bay round four. Oh dear! No, look in all seriousness, but that's going to be a fantastic tie. Um, and look, I think it's almost um, it's yeah, it's interesting that you know that it could be you know Morton Bay if they're going to cause you know an upset you know to to the I guess the the current order of things. Um, what better game to deliver that message in in a cup tie? So yeah, well I sort of. Just kind of hoping that Morton Bay go deep into uh, into this uh, FA Cup, but uh, look, I don't write them off. But they beat them in round two, seven two. a few years ago. They did. Although that being said, I ha- I have to say, probably out of all the Queensland clubs, Olympic might have earned the t- uh, title of um, FFA Cup specialist more because they always seem to make it fairly deep into the competition more often than not, at least, or at least they make it to the national stage more often than not. So. I'm going to give them that title for the time being. Now, my uh, pick of the bunch, I'm going to actually steal from a conversation that you guys were having before we started recording, and I'm going to take the uh, National Premier League distance derbies. We've got Kingscliff against Sunshine Coast Wanderers, so it's going to be a very long drive. Scott, you worked out what it was beforehand, didn't you? It was like 205 kilometres one way. Oh, there we go. And uh, these ties are all getting played on the weekend of April 1st to April 5th, which, if you uh, happen to know your public holidays, is the Easter long weekend. So if Kingscliff are in any way, shape or form sadistic, they're going to play that tie at 7.30pm on the Easter Thursday <laughs> evening, which, pro- <laughs> which, given my experience in a former job driving around Brisbane all the time, if they're going to do that do that sunshine coast wanderers are probably going to have to leave at about 10 30 a.m to get to kingscliff in time for kickoff they may not be able to warm up but that's going to be it for me um scott i think they're going to get a two-word response to that from sunshine coast wanderers the second of the words might be off but just before we what we're talking about the ffa cup james we'll talk about how many teams are left in from the relative zone so brisbane have 18 teams left in in the competition so far there's only four gold coast teams remaining so after what we saw two years ago how successful they were a bit of a downward trend for them. There's four teams from the Sunshine Coast, and unfortunately, we have no teams remaining from Southwest Zone, so their hopes will now rest with the Thunder. And interestingly enough, FQPL2 entered last round, James. There's only two teams left from the FQPL2, so there's been a fair amount of upsets in, of those sides so far in the competition. So, just need to see how it pans out, but it certainly looks like Gold Coast aren't as quite as strong as we saw two years ago when we saw Kuma make it all the way. And there were a couple of teams. I think Surface made it to round seven as well. So they're not quite as strong this time around. Something, something, something. Magic of the cup. And also, I just realised how close that weekend of April 1st to 5th actually is because I cannot believe it's the 10th of March. Uh, I do want to flag an idea for next week's show if we remember to do it as well. Considering that we'll have just gone past the 
uh, one-year anniversary of the most awkward football match I have ever attended. Uh, the roar against Central Coast Mariners right as COVID was about to take off. Um, with, I think, like 4,500 people at Suncorp Stadium. I feel like it's probably is worth doing a can you believe it's been a year since everything went to hell? So, yeah, we'll definitely do that. Something like that. Okay, one thing that has definitely not gone to hell is the Kappa Women's Super Cup, which had its first round on the weekend just gone by. Uh, and quick run through of the round two results. QAS 11, Willowburn FC nil. Gap 13 nil over Flinders FC. South United 2-1 over Brisbane City in extra time. That was on Friday with, I believe, Campbell commentating on that one, our former podcast guest. And boy, did he luck out. He got the tie of the round there. Uh, Rockville Rovers 5-0 over Holland Park Lions 4-2 over Sunshine Coast Wanderers Shay Connors introducing herself to the Lions Stadium with a brace Palm Beach Sharks 9 Highfields 0 Maroochydore FC 2-0 over Sunshine Coast Capalabar 6-0 over Grange Thistle and Peninsula Power 11-0 over North Star so the NPL side for Penn Power not the biggest winners of the weekend there we go. We do have quite, a, yeah. yeah. We do have quite a lot to uh, come your way in terms of local football this weekend as well. The obviously round two of the NPL men's competition, plus the opening rounds of the NPL women's and football Queensland Premier League one competitions. So stay tuned for our FQPL season preview shows, which will be out probably tomorrow as we're talking right now. And you can also go back and listen to our NPL women's preview show featuring interviews with five, six or so of the clubs, I think. I really should have counted before I started that sentence. And also, our you can laugh at some of our uh, men's season preview predictions as well, because I'm sure some of them are already massively out of date. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the interest of time, because we do have to go and do our FQPL season preview right after this, let's move on. The Roar playing Western United this Sunday evening. Western United are no longer in action. They just lost to Sydney FC 2-0. So, uh, yeah, there's another game without a goal for Western United. This game is at Amy Park, I'm fairly certain. At least that's what I wrote it as earlier today. History between the two sides. Western United, two wins. Brisbane, one. Of course, we do remember that unbelievable free kick from Alessandro Diamanti, who was rested for this evening's clash, so I would assume he'll be back for Sunday at Amy Park. Wonderful. Yeah. I, know, I think I, I think I heard just about every Raw fan in South East Queensland exhale uh, frustratedly as they saw Diamanti's exclusion from tonight's squad. Um, yeah, Merzim Radovic, the only Raw player to score in a win in Ballarat last year. And Adam... Are we going to get any goals in this match? Well, if their form is to go by, maybe not. But uh, I think it's important that both teams do try. Um, look, on their day, both teams are capable of scoring goals. They've got, got you know, great, you know, they've got sort of great creativity. Uh, obviously, as well with uh, Western United, you know, the Diamante Barisha show there. But um, yeah, it's uh, Western United, a very, very hard team to get a lead on as far as where they're at. They'll either be, it'll either be rocks or diamonds with them. And um, I think it bears history shows like from last season, they seem to put their foot forward against the raw. So um, yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see uh, what happens on neutral territory of Amy Park, a place which the raw uh, do not have a great record. And on that, other than this season, and on that as well, I. Do, like there is actually a pretty decent rivalry that's brewed between these two clubs for a number of reasons. Obviously, we remember the clash at Suncorp Stadium 
two Decembers ago after the match where Mark Rudan and uh, Dave Perret had their little spat on the pitch, Scott. So it's good rivalry. Yeah, I think a lot of that's gone now under, under new management with the Raw, but there has been a bit of a spat. To Adam's point, the Raw have won four of 26 at Amy Park, so it's not a, a great hunting ground for the Raw, but I don't think it's that great for Western United either, so we'll have to wait and see. I think there'll be goals in this game, James, to be honest. Both teams, I think they're overdue to put some in the back of the net, so I expect some goals. Hopefully Brisbane put more in the net than the Wanderers and uh, Western United do, but I think there'll be goals in this game. I, I sure hope so, and I hope that it it's a team in... Probably not orange, actually. The Raw will probably be in their white kit for this uh, match coming up. Hopefully it's uh, the team wearing the Brisbane Raw kit. There we go. That's The, the non-green uh, one. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully it's them. My question is, though... Obviously, oh, that's actually one news story we forgot to mention. Scott Neville back in quarantine, so he will hopefully be available in a couple of weeks. And my question is, are we going to see any major changes to the Raw lineup? I do like what Kai Truen has brought to the side since he's come in, but I do feel like he's probably due for a little bit of a spell on the sidelines just to maybe get his head right. He hasn't been at that level the last couple of weeks, and I would love to see him really have an opportunity to reset and maybe uh, just keep his match fitness up in the NPL. I think this was always the plan, James. You think about that game, but when Scott Neville was announced that he was going on loan to the Indian League, Indian Superannuation League, they got a new contract. I think it was a new two-year deal, so it was always the plan to, for him to come back and to play for the Raw long term, and that spot in the back three on the right-hand side is probably his. With the experience that he has, the quality we saw from him last year defensively, and also his aerial threat at set pieces, he popped up with at least one goal, maybe it was two. So I think he probably will slot back in in a couple of weeks, but Kai Truen's done a really good job there. He's a young player making a start, and there's a lot of good young players around the A-League. He's been really impressive to me. I mean, I know teams are targeted him, let's be honest, James, because it's easier to go at a young guy like Kai Truen than to go after Macaulay Gillespie on the other side. So teams have certainly targeted him, but I think he's stood up pretty well. I actually, as far as changes go, I'd actually like to see him try Jordan Courtney Perkins in that uh, that back three. Um, you know, like I said, I think uh, Kai Truen, he, he has been good, but he's starting to show signs that maybe that you know opposing teams have worked him out. And uh, and yeah, that you know maybe just to, just to change up it. I agree with Scott though. I think the way things all signs ahead that you know that that. Scott Neville, as soon as he's ready to go, he'll be um, he'll be in that back three with um, Tom Aldred and McCoy Gillespie. But I think you know, yeah, it might be a case of if, if they want to try something different, especially as a shock tactic, that might be way they go. Um, that's that's probably the only change I can see. Other than that, I don't think yeah, everyone else is. Um, I think you know, it's it seems to be pretty balanced elsewhere. And that is changes, James. So the one change I would would like to see, but I don't think will happen, is I'll just try the back four again this week. Put an, put Riku in in a midfield role. Put another player up ahead of him, maybe Joey Champ. So if you're looking to break this this goal drought issue thing, where it's got one in nearly six games or whatever it is now, I think you've got to try something different. Or two in six games, but you've got to try something. Maybe maybe that's what you can do. I'd like to see it. It's not going to happen, but I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing it. No, I agree a hundred percent with you there, Scott. I think. The problem is just looking at the changes as well. I don't think anyone in the starting 11 has been overtly bad to the point where they've been a liability. I think there have been times where certain players 
have struggled at different points in the match, but I haven't seen anyone play so poorly that they need to, yeah, basically just have their uh, starting spot revoked. But I do wonder if maybe just for a little bit of a change, you know, we could see Kudo from the start this time with Goal Goal coming off the bench. Uh, I would love to see a way that they can try and uh, fit Joey Champness into that starting lineup as well. But I think to do that, I can't, I can't in good conscience say, yep, bench uh, Riku or bench uh, Wenzel Halls either. Unless, and again, this is just me spitballing, uh, trying to make sure that we uh, reach an hour here. But um, yeah, I would say the only other thought is play Wenzel Halls as an out-and-out striker. Let the fast, overly energetic guy run at the Western United back line. And then, um, yeah, put Champness out on the wing in place of goal goal. But otherwise, yeah, I, that that is probably the you know million dollar question that uh, Warren Moon is going to face. Well, I'll give you a question. Well, first of all, if it was we got time to go, you could have given me more than thirty seconds to have a rant at the VAR. I can always fill time with you on that. But in terms of the raw, would Wenzel Halls and Champness work together, or are they too similar? To me, they might be a little too similar in the fact that they both like to do the same sort of thing use their pace in behind. So I think maybe as much as a lot of people are probably calling for that combination, I'm not sure it would work. I think they're too similar. Fair. Adam? Yeah, no, I, I just agree that, yeah, I don't think you can have one and the other. I think they too much, they're too much alike. But uh, look, there's still there's combinations out there they could try. And these are sort of games, especially, you know, when you've got nothing else sort of, I guess, to lose in a way that as far as, you know, they've got to find a way to break this bunk. And, um... And yeah, and like I said, mix it up. I think Kudo get more time, give him more time in. Who knows what could happen? Yep, exactly. All right, uh, we're going to wrap up in our usual way. Adam, what are we going to be talking about for the Raw's A League side this time next week? Uh, I think it will be a score draw down at Amy Park. Raw, Raw, continue picking up points, but just not maximum. Scott, more of the same. Though it'll be another draw. I think it's going to be a solitary goal. Decide to see Brisbane Roar against Western United tie. I just have no clue who the hell is going to score it. Uh, Mark Rudan's going to score it and he'll tell you all about it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure sure there will be uh, recordings left somewhere uh, on a USB stick. Anyway, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, thanks, James. Thanks, Scott. I'll go call our lawyers on that one. All right. Um, yes, and thank you everyone for listening. Stay tuned uh, as well. We also will have the Football Queensland Premier League uh, one and two previews coming up. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Remember, um, put out the call for feedback on our regular podcast. Love to hear what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, hear less of. I understand that it may be Scott. Um, and yeah, we'll be back to talk about all things that have happened in football. Uh, this time next week and above all else get out to the local football as well there's a whole lot of action coming your way and we'll be here to cover it all on the Brisbane Football Review we'll talk to you later